Praise the Lord, you survive in this heat. It's hot. And I've been here a long time, but I'm just like, I'm struggling with this heat. <laughs> anyway, well, I'm excited about today's message. We're going to do part three on peace in the storm. So if you've missed any of the weeks, I think we're on three, you can jump online on our website, or if you haven't downloaded the church app, be sure to do that, and you can catch up on all the teachings. But I really encourage you to catch up on peace in the storms because I believe it's so relevant with where we're at in the world today. There's just so much going on, isn't there? I mean, you just wake up and wonder, what's going to happen in the news today for crying out loud? But this has been great because God's giving us some promises, and God's navigating a way for us as his kids to know how to handle these storms. And I believe that we are just coming out on an amazing, victorious side. Amen. So today we're going to do uh, part three, and I'm going to be talking uh, specifically on when the storms come, God is working on you in the storm. So we're going to talk about you today. We're going to talk about me. We're going to talk about everybody. But this is going to be a personal message for you today because I believe God wants the storms that we're going through to awaken or reveal to us the things that we're struggling with, things that we've been hanging on for too long. Maybe some people's opinions from the past and how you were raised or maybe the way your lifestyle was. And I believe that God through the storms wants to remove all of that garbage in our life so that we can walk in the fullness that God has for us. Amen. Now, I want to clarify this morning, when I'm talking about the storms, I am not talking about sickness and disease. I'm not talking about God doing something to harm you. Come on, somebody. God does not use those things, but there are the storms of life. There are situations, and what I put it as, things that are out of our control. If there's something that you're facing in your life that is out of your control, you can't really change the behavior of someone that you're struggling with. You can't maybe affect how your children are making their choices or where your finances at, finances are at. That's the kind of things I'm talking about. What is out of control in our lives that are creating the storms of life that are troubling something on the inside of us? I've always said it this way that we're like a tube of toothpaste. And when, when the tube of toothpaste is squeezed, What's in it's coming out of it. So as you're going through this storm and as we're going through this life being different the way that it is, and it's not just about COVID and all of this season. This is applicable in every season of our life. But I definitely think there's obviously things in the world that are stirring things up. So I want you to ask yourself, this is personal between you and the Lord. What's coming out of you? Is there fear that's arising? Is there insecurities? Is there anger? You know, are there offenses in, that's coming up in your heart? Are you remembering things from the past, the way somebody spoke to you or, or treated you? Those are the things that I want you to pay attention to because in the storm, God's going to reveal the hidden junk so that he can get it out of the way. And I believe this is the season that we're not to just live our normal Christian life. God is shaking things up right now. God is allowing this storm, I believe, in the world to shake this junk out of us so that we can be purified to do what God's called us to do. The season of the church is what? To win the world for Jesus. God is turning the church inside out, isn't he? He's not, he doesn't want us to do the same thing we've always been doing. And of course, we have to have structure and we're going to do all these things. But what I'm saying is God wants to deal with the things that's on the inside of us so that we're not going around the same merry-go-round that we've been for 15 years. 
This is the season for us to really embrace God and say, I'm letting go of the things that are holding me captive. It, there's not enough time for us to be offended anymore. There's not enough time for us to be unforgiving. There's not enough time for us to be gossiping and complaining. Amen. This is not a season to be wringing our hands. This is the time to say, God, what's ever in me, I'm going to surrender it all to you, and I want you to have your way. Amen. And I'm going to show you that in the scripture today. So God is working on the inside of us. Now, I want you to open up to Mark the book of Mark, and we've been in Mark for a couple weeks. We're going to kind of wrap up this part of the story, but I want to pick some things that I believe the Lord wants to show us today. But in Mark verse uh, 4, verse 37, this is the story where the disciples were in the boat, and, and we know that they were uh, trying to obey Jesus and get to the other side. How many of you have ever just been in a position where God told you to do something, or you're just obeying God, and you think when you get in that boat and you're obeying God that everything should be smooth sailing? Like, I'm obeying God, I'm tithing, I'm serving, my marriage is good. Boy, God's on the boat, and we're just going to the other side. And all of a sudden, all hell breaks loose. And we almost wonder, why, God? I'm doing what you asked me to do. But then there's all these things that are troubling, troubling our hearts. And so that's what happens in this portion of the story. So let's look at verse 37. They were in the boat trying to get to the other side, like Jesus said. And a great windstorm arose, and the waves beat into the boat so that it was already filling. Now, I want to stop there for a minute because I want to set on this part where it says the boat was already filling. So they were obeying God, but things were troubling. They were rising up. That's the storm I want to talk about on the inside of you. What are the things that are filling up? Have you ever said, man, I've had my limit, God? Enough is enough. I can't handle any more. God, if you don't do something, I can't do this another day. Your boat is filling. Your boat is filling, and we're getting overwhelmed, and we're like the disciples, and we're getting fearful, and we're getting afraid. But we have to remember that Jesus is where? Jesus is in the back of the boat. The Word of God is in the back of the boat. The Word of God is resting, which we know, on a pillow. So God's word in your life is at rest. God is at peace with whatever you're going through. Now, what I want you to see here, and I studied this. It was either this morning or last night. I can't remember when I found it. But the Bible says that Jesus, let's just read that verse real quick, verse uh, 38. But he, Jesus, was in the, what's it say? Stern. So the boat's filling up. The storm is happening. They're fearful. But Jesus is asleep on the back of the boat called the stern. Now, we've always known that. We've read this story a few times, but I thought to myself, I'm going to look up what a stern is because I'm like, we know it's the back of the boat, but what is it? So I looked it up, definitely showed a picture of a boat. The stern was the back of it. But then I thought, well, what does a stern do? Why was that important for God to put stern in the Bible? It must mean something. So if you look at what a boat was built with a stern is for, listen to this, it keeps the water out. So wait a minute, it's storming, right? The boat's filling up, but the stern is the thing that keeps the water from filling up the boat. So what does that mean? The water, the circumstances of the world had to bypass Jesus, the word first, to get into the boat. 
See, the word of God is always working on your behalf. The word of God is living. That situation that you're going through, the, the, the storms, has to bypass the word of God. And even though it's filling up, because it has to go through the word of God, I can find the peace of God. See, the word of God is not wringing its hands. The word of God isn't sure how to perform the word of God. The word is always working on our behalf. So because it's filling up, I know that it has to bypass the word. And when I find the word of God on this situation, I can have the peace of God in the storm. It doesn't matter how high it comes up, it's still got to go through the stern. It's still got to go through the word of God. So when you fill things coming up in your life and you feel the storms overwhelming you or unforgiveness or, or, or offense, what do I do? I have to get the word of God. The storm has to go through the word. And when I get the word, it becomes my revelation to stand on until that promise is fulfilled. Isn't that good? God is so good. So whatever you're facing, you need to find the word of God on that thing and paste it on your mirror, put it on your steering wheel, whatever you got to do, because that word will work for you. And that's how you can stand in peace. And sometimes we go, but God, like, can you see, I almost can't breathe. I'm on my tippy toes. It's getting really overwhelming, but I trust you at your word, God. I don't know how, I don't know when, I don't know where, but I'm trusting you at your word. Amen. But what happens is we get fearful Boy, my boat's filling up. God, I'm overwhelmed. And we start getting in the fear, and we start shaking like the world's shaking, and we're not filtering it through the word of God. God is saying it's time to go back to his word. Amen. Find the hitting, printing promises of God that is living and powerful in your life. So let's look at that. Mark, uh, what was I in? 4, verse 37 and 38. It goes on to say in verse 38, but he was in the stern asleep on a pillow, and they awoke him and said to him, teacher, do you not care that we are perishing? Isn't there things that we go through sometimes in life, and we may never say it out loud because we love God, but you just kind of wonder, God, don't you care? Don't you care what I'm going through? Don't you care that my children are off on the streets and I don't, I don't know what's going on in their life? Don't you care that I can't pay my bills? Come on, somebody. Jesus isn't going to strike me with lightning. This is in the Word of God. It's okay to wonder what God's doing. I got this revelation. I was listening to this preacher the other day, and he said that it's okay to question God, not to the point of disbelief, but God, I need an answer. And he gave the example of Jesus being on the cross. And remember when God's sin came on Jesus, and God turned his back on his son, and he said to God this, why have you forsaken me, O God? It's okay to ask God why. That's what we have to do. Find out in the word of God, what's my why, God? What's my answer? Because when I have an answer from the word, I can get to the, through the storm on the other side. Amen? So you say, God, don't you care that we are failing? And God says, yes, I care, but what's in you, I want to get out of you. That's more important right now. When my, uh, I was probably 10 years old, and uh, we were running around crazy like, bunch of banshee when we were kids, and uh, we were running around the neighborhood. That was when we weren't allowed to be inside. We had to stay outside until the streetlights came on. And uh, so we were running around the yard, and my uncle had a, a wire that went from his house to the neighbor's house. And one of my rounds around the house, I got to a low part of it, and it caught the front part of my teeth. And it literally whipped me like a cartoon character and pulled out both my front teeth. They were hanging like just little sinews there, and blood was gushing everywhere. Of course, all of us kids are panicking. I'm screaming. I'm going crazy. And they bring me into my mom, and my mom, and I look in the mirror, and of course, I lose it even more because I see blood gushing. And my teeth, literally, they're like, ding, ding, ding. And my mom goes, you need to stop it right now. You're just fine. 
And what did she do? And I'm thinking, I don't think I'm just fine. My teeth are kind of dangling like I was fearful. But what was she doing? She was bringing the emotions into check. We're not going to get in fear. And I'm sure she probably had a little bit of fear, but we're not going to give in to those emotions. You are fine in the name of Jesus. And the doctor told me she's going to lose her front teeth. She's going to have to get fake teeth put in. And my mom laid hands on me and said, no, in the name of Jesus, those teeth are going to take root. She's going to have her permanent teeth all the days of her life. And she spoke the word of God in the storm. And you know I didn't lose my front teeth. They rooted right back in by a miracle of God. See, when you've got the word of God in a time of the storm, when emotions can take you over, you can rise up in Christ Jesus and declare the word of God. See, the storm reveals what's in us. So if we're fearful and we're afraid and we're overwhelmed, in this season, let's prepare. Let's get back to the word of God. Let's hide God's word in our heart, amen? So when the storms comes, next time it comes, I'll go through it with smooth sailing. Why? Because I already learned God in that storm. Now I'm going to go through this one with grace and mercy, amen? So what do storms do in us? They reveal the things in our life that we need to get rid of. What does it do? It corrects life's habits. So maybe in this season where there's been a storm, God's correcting some behavior. Ooh, it's quiet in here. Maybe God wants to break some bad habits in this season. See, I believe God is aligning his kids with the Holy Spirit right now in his word. Because with this great revival that's going to happen and reaching this world for Jesus, we can't be bound with the things of the past any longer. We've been serving Jesus for how long? And God's like, don't look back there anymore. Allow the storm to stretch your faith. Allow the storm to break the things that need to be broken off in your life. Maybe God wants to expose a problem, maybe anger, maybe unforgiveness. These are the things that the Lord wants to reveal, not to shame us and not to bring us back to that's who you really are. Yep, your dad says you're a failure, you'll never be anything. And in this storm, like, I'm a failure, failed my family, failed my wife. All this failure comes up and God's like, no, 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 that's not who you are. That's who the past says you are. This storm is revealing that you still believe that, but I want to get it out of you. So I'm not going to embrace I'm a failure. I'm not going to embrace that I'm not good enough. I'm not going to embrace my past. No, I'm going to recognize it. And I'm going to let the refining fire, let the goldsmith go in and take out the dross and get it out of my life so that I can be full and complete in Christ Jesus. Amen? God wants to clean up his kids and get us free from those things. It could be the storm that God's dealing with is the issues that we won't face. That's why I truly believe God is in the middle of what's going on in this world. Now, not the sickness, not the COVID, but I believe God is shaking this earth. I believe he's shaking the church. I believe he's shaking the Christians. Why? Because he doesn't want us to stay in a box of familiarity. This is how we do God. This is how we worship God. We do this, and God's like, no, I'm going to shake it. I'm going to make you so uncomfortable. I'm going to get the storms going. Why? Because I want to get the garbage out of you. I want my word in you so that when you're walking across the parking lot, God may put someone on your heart, and you'll reach out and lay hands on them and pray for them. You'll, you'll have a sensitivity to win somebody to Jesus. Amen? I believe we're going to see signs and wonders in this hour that we've never seen on this earth in America. I'm believing God to open blind eyes. I'm putting my faith out there. I'm believing for the lame to walk in the name of Jesus. I'm believing for ears to be open, people that are deaf. I'm believing people that are bound by drugs and addictions to be set free by the power of God. We're going to have Celebrate Recovery, and we're going to do those programs. But I also want to see the Lord do the supernatural in this season. 
instantly people delivered by the power of God. That will be people that are aligned with God in the storm that says, I don't want the garbage anymore. I'm not going to hang on to the old. I want what God has in this season. And if God, you want to shake me by my feet and hang me, let all the coins fall out, amen, I'm going to give it all to you. We don't need any baggage in this next season, do we? I don't need any garbage in this season. There's not time for it. That's why the devil start little schisms, little offenses. Little, it's just, we need to just say, no, in the name of Jesus, I'm not going to give in to the light. This is the greatest hour of the church. Listen to me. It may not look like it, but in the spirit, this is the greatest hour of the church. We are going to arise in this season. We are the bride of Christ. I just read something in, in Ezekiel that made my toes curl, that people that come against the church with their evilness, God is going to deal so harshly with because we are his bride and we have been set apart and we are the called and anointed and anybody that touches it, God will have his final say. Amen? His bride's going to arise. I'm telling you, churches are going to pop up all over this valley and people are going to go, where did they come from? Well, they've been faithful, and they've been honoring the Holy Spirit, and they've been preaching the true, unadulterated word of God without fear. And God's going to raise us up in this season. Amen. Who wants to be ready? Want to be ready? Take it all, God. I'm not carrying it anymore. I'm going to walk into all that you have for me. So the storms do so many things. It, um, it perfects our faith. So God will use the storm to enlarge your faith. You know, in this season of uh, some people maybe not even working for it, nine, ten weeks. God's enlarging our trust in him. Amen. And boy, maybe we're filling up and getting overwhelmed, but your faith is being extended. God wants to stretch your faith. He wants to purify your faith, and he wants to refine your faith. See, God's most important thing inside of you is your belief system. What do you believe? What are you trusting God? Let's believe God for big things, amen? Let's trust God for big things. Let's just not trust at what we see. No, I want to see the unseen things. I want the unexpected things, the things that only God can do, amen? Some of you just need to put your dream boards up and begin to trust God for the biggest things that only God can do. If you need somebody saved in your family, plop their picture right up on a board. Call them saved in the name of Jesus. Call them humbled by the spirit of the Lord. Amen. Call people that are saved to walk into their life. This is the season for the supernatural. The church has to stir up our faith. And if we're so busy at looking at the full boat and ourselves, we're not looking at the need that's right in front of us. And the devil's got us looking at all this stuff right now. And God's like, uh-uh, keep your eyes on me. I'm the author and I'm the finisher of your faith. Amen. The word is resting. All we got to do is call upon that word in our life. I want us to look at 1 Peter, and I love this translation. It's in the message. 1 Peter 1, verses 3 through 9, and it says this. First line gets me excited. What a God we have. Like, can we just have a party right there? If that's all I ever said, what a God we have, amen? He sits on the throne. He is alive and well. He is the great I am. That is something to stir our faith. And then he goes on to say, and how fortunate we are to have him, the father of our master Jesus. How beautiful is those first two lines? How fortunate we are. We have God, the creator of the universe, on our side and serves our master, Jesus. Because Jesus was raised from the dead, we have been given brand new life. Listen, 
The old has passed away. You have a brand new life. You are new in Jesus. It doesn't matter what anyone did or said or expectations. You have a new day today, amen? It's a new beginning in Christ Jesus. We've got to quit looking at our past and look to Jesus and the future. Because there's great things ahead. And have, we have what? I've been in a new life and have everything to live for. Listen, church, you have everything to live for. You have favor tomorrow. You have blessings tomorrow. You have, well, today, you have the joy of the Lord today. You have peace today. You have hope today. You have a risen Savior living on the inside of you. Amen. I don't have to wait for tomorrow. I can step into it right now and choose to exercise the faith of God in my life. Jesus was raised from the dead, and he gave me a brand new life, and I have everything to live for including a future in heaven. Somebody say amen. amen. But that future starts when? Now. Your future starts right now. It doesn't matter what brought you in today or anybody watching where you're at today. Your new beginning starts right now. I'm going to go home today with my faith up. I'm going to go home today with my hope up and my dreams expecting for God to do something. My boat may still be full, but I don't care. I got Jesus, and I'm going to hang on to him. Jesus, you're going to be my, my life preserver. If I have to float in the water, I'm not letting go of the word. I'm not letting go of the promises of God, and God will not fail you. Let's continue to go. Uh, God is keeping careful watch over us and the future. Isn't this good scripture? You need to print it and just read it every day over your family. The day is coming when you'll have it all, life Heal and whole. Verse 6, I know how great this makes you feel. How many feel really good about all that? I know how great this makes you feel, even though you have to put up with every kind of aggravation in the meantime. It's right in the Word. How many wake up aggravated? How many woke up aggravated today? Woke up back. We were aggravated. There's so much agitation. But God says, remember what I have for you. And when you're going through this aggravation, it's going to be okay because you know that I am on your side. So even though you're aggravated in the meantime, pure gold put in fire comes out proven pure. So what does the storm do? It's testing my faith. It's going through the fire. And God's testing it. Will you believe me? Will you trust me? Will you put your faith out there? Or are we just going to allow ourselves to drown in our emotions? God says, no, I'm testing your faith. Is it genuine faith put through this suffering? It comes out proved genuine. So what do the storms do? It's testing our faith. Where are we? God's in the middle of the storm. God won't always stop everything in the moment we think he should, but he's there in the middle of it. And we need to find him in that storm. And we need to understand that season. But listen to this. When Jesus wraps this all up, listen, when, when Jesus has his final say, when he's done with all this garbage going on in the world, right, and he's over it, it's your faith, not your goal, that God will have on display as evidence of his victory. We want the miracle. God, show us the miracle. And God goes, well, I'll do that, but it's not about the miracle. I'm celebrating your faith. I'm celebrating that you trusted me in the midnight hour. I'm celebrating you that you didn't give up when you could have given up. I'm celebrating that in that storm you gave all that garbage away and you trusted me. Listen, God is just looking for your faith. The result is the results of faith. It's not about the end. It's about what's in the middle, and that's my faith. 
So where's your faith up today, amen? We got to stir it up. We got to activate it. We got to believe God for the incredible things that God wants to do in our life. And in the storm, we need to reflect God's grace. Call God's grace, grace in this season. Sometimes, I want to go over to um, Jonah, chapter 1. And this is the story of a man named Joah who was called by God to go to a city called Tarshish. And nobody wanted to go to Tarshish. Tarshish were um, a, a sinful city. They weren't repentive. I don't know where I could even give an example of what it's like, but nobody wanted to go there. And in verse 1, it says this, Now the word of the Lord came to Jonah, the son of Amittal, saying, Arise, go to Nineveh, that great city, and cry out against it, for their wickedness has come up before me. This was the assignment. God, Listen, God saw Jonah doing something that Jonah didn't see himself doing. But when God called on Jonah for this mission, guess what? Jonah didn't want it either. And this is where God has us. Do we want what he has in this season? And so what did Jonah do? Jonah, being the man of faith that he was, Jonah arose to flee to Tarshish from the presence of the Lord. He went down to Joppa and found a ship going to Tarshish. So he paid the fare and went down to it to go to them to Tarshish. From, from where? The presence of the Lord. Where did Jonah run from? The presence of the Lord. And because God had a plan for Jonah, and God had a people that needed to have Jonah's message, God had to put an assignment on Jonah's life. And in verse 4, it says this, But the Lord sent out a great wind, and a t uh, excuse me, the Lord sent out a great wind on the sea, and there was a mighty tempest on the sea, so that the ship was about to be broken up. What happened? God sent a storm. He told him to go to Nineveh. I got that backwards earlier. He told him to go to Nineveh, but he went to Tarshish instead. And what did God do? What did God send? A storm. Why? To wake Noah up, Jonah up. See, the storm will reveal the things inside of us that we don't want to face, that we maybe don't want to do, but God allowed the storm. Now let's, have, let's see what happened in verse 9. The storm continued to came beat against the boat. They're trying to figure out who was the curse, who was the one bringing the storm. In verse 9, it says this. Jonah said this, so he said to them, I am a Hebrew, I fear the Lord, God of heaven. Now, wait a minute, that sounds good, but did he really fear the Lord? No, he was running from God. He was running from who he was. He was running from what God saw on the inside of him. But when the storm came, Jonah had to confess, I am a Hebrew, a son of God, and I fear the Lord. See, what's truth is on the inside of you will come out in the storm even if we don't like it. He knew the truth, but it required the storm to happen for Jonah to get where God wanted him. Guys getting this? Storms will happen for God to position you right where you need to be. Now look at verse 12. And he said to them, pick me up and throw me into the sea. Then the sea will become calm for you, for I know that this great tempest is because of me. Why was the tempest? Because of him. He wasn't surrendering to the Lord. Now look at this last verse, verse 15. So they picked up Jonah, threw him into the sea, and the sea ceased from its raging. See, the moment that we surrender to God, the moment that we let go and give everything to God, the peace of God will calm the storms in our life. But God will let the raging storms happen until we finally surrender to him, amen? And that's what we need to do in this season. If you want peace, let it go. It's time to throw things into the sea. 
time to throw people into the sea, not literally. Experiences, the past, feelings, offenses. There's not time for that, amen? Throw it into the sea so that the storms can calm down in our life. Now look at this in verse uh, 39, which we know this. Uh, go back to Mark. I'm sorry, Mark 4, 39. You guys are so quiet today. Mark 4, 39. Jesus, then Jesus arose, we're back in the, bu- the boat again, and rebuked the wind and said to the sea, what did Jesus say? Peace be still. What is ultimately going to happen? God's going to bring peace in the middle of the storm. Remember, what is, whatever is over your head is under his feet. Whatever you feel in over your head is under his feet. And if you look at Romans 6, 20, 16, 20, it says this, the God of peace will crush Satan under your feet. So what's going to crush the, the, the things that we're going through? Peace is going to crush the enemy. The enemy has been crushed. He's been defeated. That word crush means to break into pieces, to shatter. He prophesied in Genesis that the woman's heel would bruise the head of the serpent. It is time for the church to bruise the head of the serpent again. Amen? It's time for us to do the word of God. Thank you, Jesus. Jesus has given us all power and all authority here on earth and wants us to walk in it. So the God of peace will crush Satan under your feet. And when Jesus resurrected from the dead, he crushed the enemy, but he put us seated with him. So where is the enemy? He's under our feet. Fear is under our feet. Worry is under our feet. Rejection, abandonment, betrayal, offenses, unforgiveness needs to go back where it belongs under our feet. And give it to Jesus, amen? Philippians 4 says this, verses 6 through 7, and I love this translation in the good, the good news. It says, never worry about anything, but in every situation let God know what you need in prayers and requests with giving thanks. Then God's peace, which goes beyond anything we can imagine, will guard your thoughts and your emotions through Christ Jesus. You see what happens when we step into the word? We don't wring our hands. I don't have to worry about anything. I'm going to give everything to prayer, to Jesus, and worship. I'm throwing it into the sea, right, so that the peace will guard my heart and my emotions until I'm on the other side. Now, I want us to look quickly this morning, closing with these last couple of verses, but in, in Mark chapter 5, verse 1, we're talking about the story. They're in the boat. There's the storms. And in verse 1, it says this. What happened? They came to the other side of the sea, to the country of Gadaranus. forget how to say it. But the point is they came what? To the other side of the sea. Listen, the storm may be here, but it doesn't last forever. You're about to come to the other side of the sea. You're about to get through this storm. And the most important thing is that we get through it different. Let's get through it changed Let's get through it with my faith a lot big larger, amen? Believe in God for a lot big miracles in my life. I don't want to go through this storm in vain. I want to come out on the other side giving glory to God, taking new territory, winning this city for Jesus, creating and being a part of revival that God has called us to be a part of, amen? Let's not go through it in vain because guess what? Another storm will come until we learn to surrender it all to God. I don't want this same storm again. No, thank you. This has been a pretty rough one, hasn't it? It's been a pretty unsure one. 
But when we trust God in it, when we get all the garbage out of it and say, search my heart, oh God. I'm going to give everything to you in this season, God. I'm going to surrender it all. I want to get on the other side and do what you've called me to do. Be the man, the woman of God that I'm supposed to be. Be the mother and the father that I'm supposed to be. Walk in the callings and anointed by God that I'm supposed to walk into. Because I'm telling you, things are about to happen in the spirit. And if you look at John 6.21, which is the same story, just John's telling it, but in 6.21, Jesus got them in the boat, and they're going to the other side. And what's so awesome about this story is, remember last week I told you about God, we need to expect the supernatural. God's about to open up the supernatural for his church. We're not going to live in this normal all the time. We're going to begin to see things by the Spirit. And in this story, I never really saw this before, but Jesus had just done the uh, feeding of the 5,000, and they were in a city called Tiberus, and it sits on the Sea of Galilee. Matter of fact, his back, his background was to the Sea of Galilee as he fed the 5,000 on the hilltop. And God told his disciples afterwards, I want you to get in the boat, and I want you to go to Capernaum, and I want you to wait for me there. Now, I studied that out because I'm like, wonder how long it took for them to get from Tiberus to Capernaum. Like, what was that boat ride? So I actually got a map, and I mapped it out, and it was 10.44 miles by boat. So that's kind of interesting. So I, if you look up in the scripture, in the story, when Jesus told them to get in the boat in verse 19, and they don't have it, but I want you to hear this. So when they rowed, they got in the boat, and they rowed. Now, how many know rowing is a lot of work? And they're rowing, and the Bible says they rowed three to four miles. They're rowing and they're working hard and they're going against the wind and the rains and they're laboring so difficult. And Jesus isn't in the boat this time. Now, how, how long did it take to get to Capernaum? Ten miles. They were only two miles to three miles in their journey to go where Jesus told them to go. Now, I want you to see the supernatural here. Jesus walked out on the water and they were fearful. Remember, the boats are filled and they're full of fear. And Jesus said, don't be afraid. It's me, like, it's me, Jesus. Now look at 21, which is the most important part of our journey in this walk of faith. Then they, the disciples, willingly received him into the boat. See, Jesus is walking in this storm right now. Jesus is walking where there's division and strife and all of this confusion. Jesus is walking in the tempest of this wind, and we've got to see Jesus in the storm and say, I need you in my boat. I need you in my circumstance, Jesus. I don't want you out here on the water. Come on in my heart, Jesus. Come on into my circumstances, Jesus. I'm going to give it all to you, God. And when they did, when they willingly received him into the boat, and immediately the boat was at the land where they were going. The distance was 10 miles they approximately went three miles, but as soon as Jesus got in the boat, it accelerated them instantly, supernaturally, seven miles ahead. Translated. I never saw that before. When Jesus got in the boat, but they had to say, last time Jesus was sleeping in the boat, this time the word's out here, and Jesus said, bring me in. We got to bring him in. You're coming in my Monday, my Tuesday, my Wednesday, my Thursday, my Friday, my Saturday. You're coming in my boat. You're not just my Sunday, Jesus. You are my God. You are the risen Savior. And I need you in my boat. And when that happens, God's going to do miracles suddenly. 
The supernatural is going to happen. God's going to open up the windows of favor and blessings. He'll promote you. He'll favor you. He'll build the blessings. I feel like God wants to bless all the businesses that are a part of our church. If you have a, a, your own business, just raise your hand. I'm going to pray right now. Maybe even those that are watching. Father God, we pray over those who own their own businesses in the name of Jesus. God, they will not suffer lack in this season. They will not suffer just enough, Father God. They are the king's kid. And we just decree and come into agreement that they will have the overflow the blessings, God, just as Peter threw in that net, Lord, Paul threw that net in every time, and Lord God, and then they caught way too much because you spoke the word. God, we decree in the name of Jesus, they will have a catch that is so large, their businesses will be so overflowing, they'll not have enough employees or time to handle what you've called them to handle. No more lack in the name of Jesus, God. No more limitations, but blessings on those, Lord God, who are, are trusting you with their finances. And we'll sow into the kingdom of God and honor your word, God. We just decree that in the name of Jesus. This is the season for the supernatural, isn't it? Suddenly. How many need a suddenly? I want a suddenly. I want God to awaken me. I don't want the normal. I don't want how we always have done church. And I don't even know what the next looks like. I say this every day to God. I don't know. All I can do is trust you. All I can do is keep you in the boat with me every day, and you will show me the way. And you will do what you want to do, and you will have your way. Amen. We're called to reach this city for Jesus. That's why we're here. God's turning the church inside out. And guess what? He's turning us inside out. And for us to be the church, he has to do that. I've been serving the Lord 30 years, and he's still turning me inside out. He's still shaking off anything that's in there that's holding back what he really wants to do. Let's be that. What I want to do as I close this morning, we're going to make a confession of our, our uh, peace to our storms together. I want us to read this confession together, all together. Ready? God is almighty. He is bigger than any circumstance I face. I don't need to overreact. I will get through this situation. God never stops loving me. He knows how to restore me and mend my heart. God is in control of everything. Nothing catches him by surprise. I will stop worrying about the things I can't control. And that peace, we're just giving it all to you, God. I'm going to give it all to you, God. There's more to this confession I can post. If you put it up really quick, I think someone to take a picture of it. I'll post the whole prayer on Facebook. But Father, I thank you today for this amazing church. Thank you for our amazing leaders and servants in the house of the Lord, those that are being the hands and feet of you, Jesus. And Jesus, we invite you into our boat. We invite you in and say, have your way. Lord, we don't want to wrestle with you any longer. We don't want to contend with our, our own self, but Lord, we want to surrender all to you so that you can have your way. Lord, have your will in this church. Let your spirit move. I know that you're going to move in such suddenly moments in every person's life and in this house, God. We dedicate this season to you. Holy Spirit, have your way. We love you and we praise you. In Jesus' name, everyone said amen and amen. God bless you guys. Love you.